Hello, I'm Sam Varner, your host of the She Needs Grit podcast, and I am really, really pumped up for what I have in store for you this year. We are going to be diving into some amazing entrepreneurial stories. We're going to be talking all about how you can build your business, how you can have a business that supports the exact ideal dream life you're trying to create for yourself and your family and how you can do it while you make buckets of money. So settle in, buckle up, get some caffeine, and let's get started. Hello, you are in for such a treat today. I had the privilege of getting to interview Des Rock today. She is the CEO of Seamonster, which is a modern security tool for any company that wants to manage their vast array of potential threats and risks to their organization. So cybersecurity. And we were able to chat all about authenticity and confidence in business, talking a little bit about women in a male-dominated field, and just how critical it is to learn from your mistakes. So not only do I want you to listen to this for all of the value, but as you guys know, I spent time living in Australia and Des is touting a wonderful Australian accent. So enjoy this conversation all about authenticity and the power of showing up with the CEO of Sea Monster. So Des, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you very much, Sam, for having me here. It's been, it's, um, I've been looking forward to this. I'm always looking forward to any host who's female and speaking to females. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a little bit of, if my audience doesn't know who you are, give hmm. them kind of the, the introductory to you. Give us the, the breakdown of who you are and. Uh, absolutely. My name is Des Rock, spelled D-E-Z, R-O-C-K. <laughs> Um, I'm the CEO and, co- and founder of a cybersecurity software company. I have an Australian accent, so I was raised in Australia. I was born on the coast of the Black Sea, so an immigrant once, and then now I live in Dallas, so an immigrant twice over. Uh, the company is definitely, uh, it's a US-based company, so now I'm here. Um, that's my background. Um, other than that, I have, uh, you would think I would have a background in tech. It's actually a background in business and dabbled in, I went to law as well. Um, and uh, obviously a background in entrepreneurship as well, but yeah. Okay. So I love, I mean, the Australian accent gets me every time I think after <laughs> living in Australia. Um, so we lived in Perth for just under three years. We're also, kind of that moving around family. So we are Canadian and we went to Australia and now we live in Houston. So we definitely have that in common. Right. Hopping countries as you do. Um, certainly broadens your horizon, doesn't it? It does. In, immersing think, yourself in different cultures. Yes. Yeah, it does. And it it allows you to, I think, just have an understanding of how small the world actually is. I mean, it's, it's vast and huge mm. in so many ways, but I think also that connection with people everywhere, it becomes yes. very evident that we are That's actually right. all very similar. At the Correct. End. Once you go on the micro, uh, the macro level, you're absolutely right. We are very much the same. You can certainly play the otherness card from a distance. Very hard to do it uh, when you're there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. It was it was definitely one of the 
the more fun times for us anyway. I had lots of little kids at the time, so I would have enjoyed doing more travel while I was there. A little less pregnancy, a little more travel would have been fun, but nevertheless. So tell us a little bit about, just give me a little rundown on your business and what you do. What does your day-to-day look like? Well, um, being a founder as well as the CEO means that I am wearing a lot of hats, uh, marketing, business development, strategy, um, accounting, sales now, um, legal, uh, gosh, everything. I have to know. There have been weekends where I will have to do a crash course on QuickBooks Mm-hmm. and have to learn it in a week or have to learn a marketing software like Hootsuite over the weekend so I can then actually start using it the next. That's what my life has been like um, as I start to build up the teams like the, you know, the you know to, to then be able to afford to get other people who are smarter than me um, to do the job better than me. Um, as the CEO, I'm always making the hard decisions and leading a team. By the way, I'm in cybersecurity. So not only am I in IT, I'm in cybersecurity. So I'm in a minor, like a smaller and smaller field. I lead most of my staff are men. And um, so that brings its own challenges as well. But um, I've got a great team there. So my day every day is putting out fires. <laughs> yes. I Yeah, that is exactly right. Right. And I think when I think when people are listening to this, they're going to be like, oh, yes, I do that too, right? Like I have to figure the things out. Bit of everything. Yeah. And I think that's what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur, right? If you're willing to spend the weekend to sort that out and get at least enough knowledge to be mildly dangerous, but also (laughs) somewhat efficient, um, then that is what you have to do. You have no choice until you're at that point where you do have people that you can bring in and be like, please do this more efficiently right. and faster yeah. and with some skill, right? Yeah, okay. that's right. I, I I remember sitting around with a bunch of women when I was very first starting out, like women in my local area who are entrepreneurs and they was coming to the table and I had a little bit of experience and we were talking about creating logos, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you pay for what you get. You pay for what you get. You've got to get the best artist, the best this. I was just, and I just remember thinking, I'm about to go on Fiverr. <laughs> I'm about to go on Fiverr. Yeah, if I'm not generating one myself, right? Because, yeah. uh, and, and I remember thinking quite differently, vastly differently from the women who were around me at the time, who were thinking, you know, you've got to, you know, in order to get quality, you need to get, you need to pay for it. You all that they were very driven with that. But I found now that if you're starting out, um, or if you're in this journey, Fiverr is just as good. You pay for you, you, you know, you do what you can when you can, and then you do better when you can. Do not get bogged down on perfection, on paying some top-notch graphic artist to create your dang logo yeah. that you can't afford if you haven't even turned a dollar yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the problem that we do is, I've done that. I've done both of those. Like I've done the fiber <laughs> route, and in fact, I've like defaulted back to that. Um, because when I did hire somebody and spend a bucket of money, I didn't really like it for very long. In fact, I don't even know that I liked it at all but I had spent a lot of money and kind of stuck right. branding for a long time. That's and right. so I think there's something to be said of nobody's buying from your business based on your logo. They're just not right. And not no. even for a lot of those things, right. If your invoice layout isn't spectacular, they don't care. People no, don't care. no, no. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there, there is a lot of hang up on getting your image perfected before you step out. Um, and I'm, 
look, the advice I would give to every, any, the advice I wish I had is mm-hmm. don't look for perfection, right? Just have the confidence of a mediocre man is all I say, right? That's one of my favorite lines as well. Like just, just do it and move yeah. forward, right? Yeah, it, it makes all the difference. And I think when you're looking at, especially your statement of when you haven't even made a dollar yeah. for the love, don't be spending money you don't have exactly. into your personal Correct. Right. Like, don't do that. Just no, because that's because all that's stemming from a confidence issue, by the way, Mm -hmm. that's stemming all from a confidence issue. You're thinking to yourself, if my logo is right, if my invoicing, whatever is right, then there I'm going to be taken professionally. No, you need to get that straight between, you know, in your head that you are a professional and that you are worth that. Once you're once that happens, you present that the minute you present that people will take that on board. Yeah. And uh, so the rest will spine itself out is, is my advice. Um, I yeah. agree. I agree completely. And I think that confidence is only done by trial and error, doing it, failing, doing it, succeeding, completely. doing it, failing. Oh, right? Absolutely. Like we have, you know, I was studying on uh, inf- inferiority complex, right? And the phenomenon around it, it certainly happens to women a lot more. It's not because of any genetics. It's just because the societal pressures that we're put under. And, and inferiority is... At the base of it, fear, right? Mm-hmm. And so what do we do with fear, right? If fear, if we don't con- conquer our fears, they become our limits, right? Yeah. So the, the fear you don't face becomes your limit. Inferiority complex is trying to keep you within your limits. It doesn't mean if you're ever waiting for a position to not feel inferior or not feel fear, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. The, you need to, most successful women and the most successful people I know still feel it. I still feel fear. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But do you know what I'm doing? Turning up and doing the damn job anyway, over and over again. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Even if you're afraid, you still do it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a mentor um, a long time ago say, yeah, fear's there. It just rides shotgun. It just sits there, but you're driving like you're in charge and you can acknowledge it every once in a while. No choice, but to do that sometimes but we don't right. give it the driver's seat. That's not. No, that's but I see, no, I see so many talented women who stop themselves because they waiting to not be afraid. Yeah. And I'm don't do that. No. Don't do that. No. Do it. You know, just do the job anyway. Just get out there and present anyway, go do it anyway. And uh, you know, once it's like any muscle, just think of this, right? When you, the very first push up you do, I would land front on front of my face, right? Like bang, straight on my face. But if I keep doing it over and over again, I'm going to certainly build up the muscles to do that. It's identical to that. You build up the muscles and then you get better and better and better at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's inevitable, right? So when you think in your business history like in your experience where do you think is a really good example of when you've had to do that when you've had to push through that fear Mm. and just persevere regardless absolutely in taking over the role of leadership for sure because up until then it was like I was puppeting from behind (laughs) a man right so I was making all of the decisions behind and I know that there are many women many many women who do that and support you know and puppet behind that and just push in So there came a stage where I had to take center stage and I had to take over and the fear was all consuming. Now, so there was a few things I had to work out. Do I have to do a Margaret Thatcher and act like a man in order to lead, right? Mm -hmm. Do I have to like, how do I lead? Like, what is my leadership style? And 
Um, so that the, but the example was when I had to step up to lead, right? So the example, uh, so the the solution that I came up with is that the only way I can do this is truly being authentically me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and stepping into my shoes and leading my way because let's face it it's not like men are doing a great job leading so why on earth would I want to copy them right uh-huh. to be honest right so 100%, why yeah so workplaces are all toxic right so we've given this their uh, model a run for their money right and we see the consequences how I certainly couldn't do worse right so like, and so I, that I might be me. able to do better there's a there's a exactly right exactly right the bar is on the floor people the bar is on the floor <laughs> right so surely you could do you know something better than that so that and and okay you know what it comes down to Sam it was basically what was between my ears right what was in my yeah. head mm-hmm. and so the leadership and you know the consequence you know my all of this journey the only thing that happened was I sorted out what was in my head, all of the hurdles that I had there. That's what I needed to do. Yeah. And do you feel like that? I know the answer to this for sure, that it isn't like, okay, I'm sorted. And now I shall never have a problem again. There shall never be a hesitation (laughs) or doubt, right? Is it, it is just that work in progress all the time, right? Where you take the first step and then you're like, okay, shit, now I need to sort out what it looks like today. And then keep going and then keep going. So what does that, having done it now, how would you describe your leadership? Like, how does that, how do you think it's different than the bar that was on the floor? I actually lead from the heart, Uh, you know, and I try to, do you know, when you cage a tiger, they start pacing and they start yawning and they look for freedom, right? So because they're trying to mask, well, let me give you another example. I before this, I was masking who I was. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, like putting a and seeing seeing what does leadership look like and trying to mimic that. Mm-hmm. So when I dropped that and started to lead, and for me, it does come naturally. So I can't necessarily quantify that. For me, it is very a very natural talent to do that. But my methodology is is unique. It's different. You know, I do lead from the heart. I because I believe that a lot of people lead by making they think leadership is making decisions and mm-hmm. um telling people what to do and i that is certainly a part of leadership that's certainly a large part of leadership but the most important part of leadership is caring about and looking after the people you are leading mm-hmm. right and i mean that in every facet of life you think of the your religious leader your political leader your uh, you know, your community leader, anything, if they're not caring about the people they're leading, it doesn't matter about the decisions they're making. And it doesn't matter if they're telling people what to do. They're not a real leader. Okay. Yeah. So once I added that third component, caring about the people I lead, right. And so in order to do that, finding out, treating the people I lead as humans, I know it's an, I know it sounds very a obvious. novel right? concept, isn't it? Like, right, right. Huh. Exactly right. Because when you're a CEO, like, let's listen, when you're a CEO, you, all you need to do is go on Twitter and see what people think of CEOs, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're all entrepreneurs. You all want to be your boss. And then you want to start employing people. And the natural step, step is they're all going to hate you. 
And I question that status quo. I think, why is the system set up like that? Now, by the way, I'm not saying you're going to be best buddies with these, you know, all that sort of stuff, but you certainly need to care about the people you're leading. You certainly need to build an environment. If you're asking someone to work for you eight hours a day, you certainly need to give them a safe space and you certainly need to make make them feel fulfilled and make them feel part of the journey that you're bringing them on in order to bring the, and so now let's bring it back to productivity and selfishness, right? That's Mm -hmm. how they becomes once they are safe and once they are valued that's how your productivity will go up to because they're now they actually do want to you know it's not just a paycheck because yeah. I'll tell you people don't just wait for, work for a paycheck you you know if I paid you x amount of dollars like give me the salary in your range where you would say yes I do now if I treated you like shit Sam there's only so long you're going to stay okay mm-hmm. yeah only so long if I belittled you if I bullied you you're going to be like toxic I'm out nothing's worth this money right so we already know financial is not the only reason why people work if you are asking people to give you hours and hours of their daylight hours or of their working day right you need to provide something more so that's a novel idea right so and i know google and all that the guys you know they oh let's put ping pong tables all that like that's one thing not right? it for everybody though like right but but that's novel right yeah what I do is actually care about the people I'm leading so I then make sure that they're in a safe space I make sure that they're heard they're valued and I make sure that they are feeling 100% a team player and a team member that to you know to do that and if they're struggling I also don't put anybody in a position where I know they can't do the job too so you know it's about working out where their strengths and weaknesses are mm-hmm. and and coaching them coaching them to shine in their strengths right so not everyone can be a manager not everyone wants to be frontline customer service too so pushing yeah. people into areas like that uncomfortable positions like that is you know it's detrimental for them and it's it's certainly detrimental for your business so I, I certainly wouldn't do that but yes, that's my that's my leadership style right there and then. So I would absolutely ensure I take care of my um, corporate call. I know everything I say is lip service because like, yes, corporate call. Yes, we've heard that. Yes. And you're absolutely right. It's been washed to the heavens where it's cringeworthy. And that's because it's been used as a marketing tool and there's no authenticity being put behind yeah. it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what do you see, tell me about, Tell me about the office. Tell me about the culture. Tell me about like, what is the outcome you see as a leader that's operating in that way? Tell me, tell me what it's like. So, you know, one of the, every staff member who comes on board, I take my time to get to know them, especially if they're um, working in my vicinity. Obviously there's some that don't, I don't get to see as much, but see, I try, the training is top down. So the people I train will then be, you know, that, right. yeah. and I like to find out a lot of the areas in which they think they will want, you know, this is the job I can do. And then once you find out their skill set, you can probably tap into areas that they didn't even realize that they could do. And they can do very well. So it's a discovery of that. And I will sit down and tell, ask people, where do you want to be? Like, what do you want to see yourself with? And they'll, if they're honest enough, and that's the other thing, mm-hmm. people want, don't want to work in a toxic environment, but they will bring toxicity into yours because Absolutely. that's what they know. So when yeah. you say, where do you want to be? They think, oh shit, what does she want to hear? What does she want to hear? What does she want to, what's the job? What's the right answer? So you're automatically bringing in that unhealthy relationship at mm-hmm. the start. Yeah. So half the time it is about teaching people 
you know, um, to recognize that they do, they're doing that, to maybe not do that. And the reason why they're doing that is they never felt safe enough to actually right. ex- express themselves, right? So that's why I keep saying safe enough, safe enough, because you need yeah. to be safe enough to say, hey, I don't like this. And as a boss, if I don't like what I'm hearing, I need to be tough enough to say, okay, so this is not working for this person or this is where this person is, right? Yeah. Um, and so now- it conversations, I think, right? Like being able to- pull from them the actual truth, not just the like right. that they're giving you because they're like, well, oh, I don't yeah. I want that's always a job because that's oh. not great. Or, and, you if, know- and if they do, and by the way, and if they do, but if they say they, I want my, you can have it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But in order, in order, in order to do my job, then you have to, in that, if that was the case, if someone says, I want your job, then I'd say, okay, here's what you need to do. And then literally tell them all the skill sets there. I expect them to learn. And go for it if right? you think like, it's easy, right? Yeah. yeah. Or even just if they legit are like, I want that to be my career trajectory for you to be able to say like, okay, perfect. Uh, that's where you want to be. That's fine. Here's that's your fine. I don't like, own anybody. I don't, yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's right. I don't own anybody. And if their trajectory is like, I want to be my own boss one day, I want to do what you're doing. I would, I would help and mentor them on their way. Right. And in return, I would expect, you see, because once you're teaching someone, say, I understand that I'm going to help and mentor you your whole way. There's a lot to learn here. Yeah. The more you put in, the more you'll get. Now, once you motivate, like, does that not set, does not inspire you? Of course it does, does. right? You are going to say, damn it, I'm going to give my all here. And is that not what I want? Because you could hide it and say, oh, no, I'm going to be here, whatever. But in your reality, you're like, I'm going to check out in five years. I'm going to do a half-assed job and check out in five years. You're not getting what you want. You're not getting the mentorship. And I'm certainly not getting the best out of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's putting your money where your mouth is, right? Like then that building of trust with your your employees then is like, oh, look, this is really how it is here. Like I do see that. And I see the celebration of you've moved on to the next thing. Maybe it's in organization. Maybe it's not. But I actually do celebrate your advancement. Correct. And this comes down to, I truly believe in the abundance of the universe, Yes. right? I do not need to hoard resources in order to succeed. So if you want to go and do what I'm doing, by all means, you may even teach me a thing or two. Mm -hmm. I want that open communication and trust because damn it, I might be learning from you one day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And ideally you are right. Ideally there is something that you're correct above and beyond just their work. Absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. So in all of this, what we're saying is I certainly try to leave ego at the door. Ego mm-hmm. does not serve anything, right? Yeah. Ego, ego doesn't serve your company, not your bottom line, doesn't serve anything. The only thing it serves is your low self-esteem. That's <laughs> the only thing ego is serving. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think there's something so valuable about anybody who's listening to this and assessing First off, if you already are managing people, if you already are a leader in your organization, how are you leading? How much of this are you thinking, ooh, I'm not doing a great job of this? So what would you what would you say to somebody who might evaluate themselves in that position and be willing to be vulnerable in that way and say, like, oh shit, I am actually possibly doing this wrong? How what would be your it could be a it could be a case of you have never seen what really good leadership looks like, so you can't emulate. In which case, I would suggest you look for a mentor mm-hmm. um, on someone you admire who you feel is doing it right and you feel is doing building the culture that you want to build, and then ask them. You know, yeah. ask them. Uh, 
Yeah, because that that's, you know, you could only, if you have never seen what good role model, you know, good leadership looks like, uh, and you may not be able to emulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great advice. Great advice. So tell me a little bit about cybersecurity and what you're doing, what you're actually, so you're, you're obviously leading, you're, you're managing, you're CEOing and all of that, but what are you, tell me about the company, give me a little bit of insight as to what exactly you help people with. Oh, sure. So before we started Seamonster, we were actually professional hackers or pen testers. So we were in the service industry before we became into the, you know, switched to the product industry. So I do have a bit of experience in, in both of those. And uh, certainly it's a very different ball game mm-hmm. when you switch from one to the other. Um, Seamonster is a B2B uh, so- software used as to protect your encompass your whole entire data to help you keep compliant with your PCI or your um, HIPAA compliance and all that sort of stuff as you need to retain data, as you need to do all of that. It also helps you uh, alert for any functionality, any security functionality within your company. So um, endpoint, viruses, any any of the things that we used to do, right? So how to get in any of you know, <laughs> against ransomware and all that sort of stuff, uh-huh. which is why we're, very, you know, we, we feel we're very good at it because we know how to get in. So we also know how to protect you from those who want to get in. Um, and that's what we do. Yeah, that's the software. Okay, so tell me who, when when we're thinking about the people that are listening, at what point does a business owner have to start thinking about cybersecurity? It, if you have compliance issues, you have to start thinking about it from day dot, right? Yep. Uh, if you're trading in credit cards, you have to think about it from day dot. And and the, the service providers in which you're using may be able to handle that, you know, for you. Yep. Uh, if you are handling people's data, sensitive data, you need to start thinking about it during the architecture of your, you know, your data building. Where are you keeping it? Is it in a is it on your hard drive? Is it in a G G folder, you know, a G drive? Is it on Dropbox? Where is it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are when, but if you also have um, uh, your your staff keeps growing and you're, you now have a CFO and you have all, you know, you, you're growing and growing and your numbers keep growing. Now you've got staff. Now, of course, we're talking about protecting you from the outside, but let's be real here. Thirty, like seventy percent of companies deal with fraud. That's a large, like if you're if you grow, chances are, right, seventy percent. So there is a really really big chance that you're going to be done by something, right? Yeah. Out of that seventy percent, thirty five percent come from inside your company, mm-hmm. right? So it is the people that you trust, yeah, doing that to you. So that's where <laughs> you need to start thinking about cybersecurity because cybersecurity is not just endpoint protection or antivirus or a, or a firewall, which will protect you from the people trying to get in, but it will certainly won't help you with from your accountant who's been stealing from you for the last six months, who's got access to your building and has got access to your accounts. You know, they, yeah, that's not going to help you there. In, but a, but right? a scene, yeah. exactly right. But a scene, what we do will help you because it'll actually you know, help all around. So that's that's the difference there. So I've given you some, hopefully I've given you some um, entry points of when you need to, if you are if you need compliance, day one, and, yeah. you know, up and up and up. But as you build your staff, as you get to 10, 20, 50, 100 staff, all that sort of stuff, you certainly need to think about cybersecurity because now you're all, you know, you have a team. Yeah, and yeah. you're vulnerable both from inside and outside, which is 
something I think we right. do skip until it becomes evident that we shouldn't have, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love... I love all of this. I think there's so much value in really assessing the leadership style that you're currently employing and then evaluating whether you're happy with it, right? Whether your staff is happy with it. I think you can get a good indication of the level of, hmm. are you but are you providing well, you the could, culture that you want, right? So by your staff. There's a, that's true. There's a lot of, you know, anonymous surveys that go out and ask staff, you know, how do you feel mm -hmm. about the culture? I'm sure everyone's had those. And we all know we all, you know, most of the time people lie on those and yep. just tell them what they want to hear. Yep. That I don't believe is any way, any genuine way to fix your culture. Yep. You know, I agree. Um, but do, do you know what I mean? Because if, again, people will bring their habits from wherever they've come from to the new company. They'll say, oh, hell yeah. Hell no, I'm not going to fill that out. I'm just going to tell them what they want to hear. So if you genuinely want to know what your staff are like or what they you need to spend time with them and you need to listen to them as well you know as a yeah. as a boss as a as a founder as an entrepreneur you're going to do a lot of telling and you think I've employed you to do this just do this right and yeah. you want and no one is no one is a robot no one is we are all living breathing you know organisms with feelings right and by the way most of our decisions are very much emotional and feelings driven I try 100%. and you know like let's face that 100% right so if that's the case then a stupid monkey survey whatever they're called you know um out there <clears throat> dealing with is not going to give you the emotions a, a pulse check right yeah you need to have those conversations with those people you need to listen and it's not about like hi i have booked a meeting at nine o'clock uh, on a monday <clears throat> tell me what you think about this company and what you think about me that's no way to do it right? <laughs> that's going to be <laughs> that is no way to... uh -huh. correct correct you need to build rapport you definitely need to build them a safe space and a rapport and an air a portal of you know safe space so you can start listening to what's happening mm -hmm. and you this might and you know unfortunately this might take time to undo a lot of stuff right well to really identify it take first time. and then undo it right correct it's it's, it's not a Done correct. correct strategy ongoing correct and look, pay attention if one of your staff is you know is, is sick or one of your staff is not well if one of your staff instead of sitting there going oh how can I help what can yeah. I help you with how can I because if you if you heard now remember when you had a boss right mm -hmm. remember when you had a boss uh if someone said to you how can I help your life right now how can I take any obstacle out of your way right I'd have dropped dead. Would that not have made a difference? Right, like, but would that not have? Yeah, exactly right. But you see what I mean about leadership should care about the people you're leading, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine that difference. And I look, that's not the culture in this in this country at all. We don't we we kind of we spit you employers out, right? Like you're not doing your job, you're not performing. Puh, next one, puh, next yeah. one, puh. and it's this kind of like conveyor belt. Now that in itself is toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. That in itself is a very unhealthy, very, very dysfunctional way to go about building a corporate culture. Yeah. Perform or you're out. Because what you're saying is you have no feelings, you have no life, you have no, you have no, like things don't happen to you. You're never going to get divorced, move house, someone die on you. You're not going to get, yeah. do you know, which is not what this stuff happens. Now mm -hmm. think of if your, if your workplace said, oh, you're going through a really tough time. How can we support you through this tough time? You tell me that you wouldn't sit there and go, these guys now own me for the rest of my life as far as I'm concerned, because they were there when I was low. Yeah. Right. 
yeah and the loyalty that 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 would because at the end what am I trying to say you are trying to inspire loyalty not demand it right yeah yeah you're not trying to force it you're trying to actually inspire it which is correct correct and in order to inspire it you have to be genuine Mm -hmm. and authentic and say you're going through a really rough time what can we do here how can I help you you know do you need some time off do you need just take it off dude this to take it, we'll cover for you, we'll do whatever, get back on your feet. I know when you're on your feet, you're going to come back. Now, all of a sudden, you're building a different relationship and a different psychology, you know, different psychology is happening in that worker's head. Yeah, they're feeling valued. They're thinking, damn, yeah, next time I come back, you betcha, you betcha. And your one-eyed man is king of the blind because how many employers are actually doing that? Almost none. And the best part exactly. about it is employees talk, right? They talk and Correct. they're going to talk shit about you. Or they're going to say, do you have any idea what she just said to me? She's given me the time off to deal with my mom or my whatever. Exactly right. I'm, I feel actually like I can do it. Same. Bait and switch. I don't feel like she's trying to catch me in it. Correct. I'm legitimately going to go. That conversation happens as much as the bitch and moan conversation that happens around the water cooler. Correct. Absolutely. And so in order for your employer, employee to feel seen and heard, to think, they, the place where I'm spending and giving all of my energy, right, actually yeah. values me as a human. You're now being paid in more than money. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to tap into. So that, that is my, that is my leadership style. Just was going to say, this has been so valuable. I think having this conversation, no matter where you are in your entrepreneurial journey of, are you a leader of a big team? Are you contemplating hiring a team wherever you are? Des, I thank you so much for sharing everything today about leadership, about where we're aiming, about keeping an eye on our cybersecurity in a serious way, both inside and outside. That's not something I had considered as much. Um, no, external very few do. Sense we know about that, right? But forgetting about just that security on the inside is is super critical. I'm so grateful you were able to join us today. It's been a real pleasure, Sam. It's been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. And I hope your listeners are certainly get something out of this for sure. Yeah. I'm sure they will. There are a ton of takeaways here today. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this week of She Needs Grit. I will make sure that every single place that you want to connect with me, with Des, with cybersecurity, and all of the pieces are in the show notes. So you know that you can do that. Let us know just where's the best place for them to touch base with you if they're like, ooh, I have mm. a problem. Can you please help? How do they find you? Certainly. Oh, look, if it's professional, sure. LinkedIn, Desrock, connect okay. with me there. Uh, but on, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, so that's a little bit less uh, less formal. And you can certainly find me under Desstraction, D-E-Z, Traction. There's one word, Desstraction. That's oh. my handle. Because that's what social media is, a distraction. <laughs> For real. It is absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm glad we had this chat. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.